This is Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to our Lord's house this morning. It's, well, let's uh, join together and sing our first song today. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word and by Jesus' authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father 
and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the 10th Sunday after Trinity. The Old Testament reading is written in Jeremiah, the 8th chapter. This passage of God's word is also the basis for the sermon today. You shall say to them, thus says the Lord, When men fall, do they not rise again? If one turns away, does he not return? Why then has this people turned away in perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. I have paid attention and listened, but they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, What have I done? Everyone turns to his own course, like a horse plunging headlong into battle. Even the stork in the heavens knows her times, and the turtle dove, swallow, and crane keep the time of their coming. But my people know not the just decrees of the Lord. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men shall be put to shame. They shall be dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom is in them? Therefore, I will give their wives to others and their fields to conquerors. Because from the least to the greatest, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. From prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They did not know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among the fallen when I punish them. They shall be overthrown, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in Romans, the ninth and tenth chapters. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it? That is a righteousness that is by faith? But that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law? Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone as it is written. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus drew near and saw the city, he wept over it saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and 
tear you down to the ground, you and your children with you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Jesus is risen from the dead. Our text written in Jeremiah chapter 8. They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. I have paid attention and listened, but they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, What have I done? These are the words of our text. God's grace and his mercy and his peace be multiplied to you now and forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Holy Christian Church is a place of forgiveness. Jesus told his disciples on Easter evening, Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And Jesus sends his 12 apostles out to forgive the sins of people. This is the mission of the church. This is job one for us, to forgive sins. It's that simple. It's that joyful to say to someone, your sins are forgiven. This is the reason Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. The Son of God takes on our flesh and blood so that he can redeem you and me from sin. He sheds his blood to save you and me from the punishment our sins deserve. He offers his life on Calvary's cross in order to free you and me from condemnation. In other words, Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary so that... He can forgive your sins. And this is exactly what Jesus did for you and me. And his Easter resurrection is God's guarantee that every one of your sins is forgiven. So the Holy Christian Church is a place of forgiveness. And there is no other place on earth, no other place on earth where you will hear about and receive the forgiveness of sins than in Christ's church. And here in God's house, you have received the forgiveness of sins, haven't you? In baptism, forgiveness was poured out upon you. In Holy Communion, this morning, you will kneel here at the railing, and Jesus will give into your mouth his very body and blood, the bread and the wine. And with that, you will receive the forgiveness of your sins, not the hope of forgiveness, but the actual 
forgiveness of your sins with the body and blood of Jesus. In the reading of God's word, in the hearing of God's word this morning, you receive the forgiveness of sins. A couple of minutes ago, we confessed our sins, and I told you, you are forgiven. Not a nice wish that you are forgiven, but you receive the actual forgiveness for your sin. And in the songs and the hymns that we sing, we sing the good news of God's forgiveness and his salvation. Forgiveness, it's the, it's the heart and the core of what we sing as the people of God. The sole mission of the Holy Christian Church on earth is to forgive sins. So why do people stay away from this place of mercy and grace and forgiveness? Well, one reason is pride. Our sinful human pride. You see, the sinful heart that dwells inside of you and me and everybody else The sinful heart is not willing to receive God's forgiveness. It refuses to acknowledge that it is sinful and therefore rejects its need of a savior from sin. One day Jesus looked over the city of Jerusalem and Jesus said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were unwilling. Our gospel reading this morning in the gospel of St. Luke says, And when Jesus drew near to the city, he wept over it. Why does Jesus weep over Jerusalem? Because he desires to forgive their sins. He wants them to know that he is their savior, but they are unwilling. Jesus weeps because people refuse his forgiveness and love. Their pride stops them from confessing that they are sinful by nature. Sinful by what they have done in thought and word and deed. Pride deceives us into thinking that we have no sin. It is pride that leads people to trust in their works for salvation rather than in Christ. And pride caused the people of God in the Old Testament to kill the prophets and to stone the messengers sent to them with the good news of forgiveness. It is sinful pride that dwells in our sinful hearts that keeps people away from the joy of God's forgiveness that keeps people away from his house of forgiveness. But there is more than pride that keeps us away from God's house of forgiveness. There is also the love of sin. You see, the the sinful heart wants to keep on sinning. It does not want to return to the Lord in repentance and change its ways. Our sinful heart falls in love with sin. 
It is deceived into thinking that true joy is found in doing what God forbids and doing what we want to do. And so the heart of the playboy pursues ungodly pleasure with no regard for God's command, you shall not commit adultery. The heart of the greedy pursues riches while ignoring God's word that says, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet. The heart of the fool builds bigger and bigger barns, oblivious to the fact that tonight you will die. The mouth of the gossip will not shut up, even though God says, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Love of sin. Love of sin causes the abuser to keep on abusing, the liar to keep on lying, the lazy to keep on sleeping in, the molester to keep on molesting, the killer to keep on killing, the thief to keep on stealing, the porn addict to keep on looking, the drinker to keep on drinking, the cheater to keep on cheating, the rebel to keep on rebelling, the sinner to keep on sinning. The sinful heart loves to sin and it will not stop. There is no repentance, no returning to God, no sorrow over sin, no changing of one's ways. Only the love of sin, that's what dwells in the heart of the sinner. The love of sin, then death, then hell. This is what is shocking. Jesus forgives sins and gives the treasures of eternal life. But the sinful heart is not willing. It is proud. It loves to sin. And in our Old Testament reading in Jeremiah, God reveals to you and me the sinful heart. Listen, the Lord in our in our, test, in our text is asking, listen to what he says. Why then has this people turned away in perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. I have paid attention and listened, but they have not spoken rightly. No man relents of his evil, saying, What have I done? Imagine God listening, listening for sinners to confess their sins so that he can forgive their sins. But no one willing to repent. Everyone turns to his own course, the Lord says, like a horse plunging headlong into battle. Even the stork in the heavens knows her times, and the turtle dove, swallow, and crane Keep the time of their coming. But my people, my people, know not the ways of the Lord. Here God is revealing to you and me the sinful heart. It holds fast to sin and refuses to repent. And finally in the text God says, Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. 
They do not know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among the fallen when I punish them. They shall be overthrown, says the Lord. The prideful and sin-loving heart no longer blushes when confronted with sin. Boy, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the country that we live in today? What caused our grandparents and parents to blush doesn't cause us to blush. In fact, we revel, we rejoice in how creative we can be in our sinfulness. And the rest of the world laughs at us Americans for our stupidity, for the things that we call right, that even the unbeliever knows in his heart are wrong. And we, the people of God, calls those things right. Isn't that the truth? We no longer know how to blush on account of our sin. Do we repent? Do we return to the Lord? In our text, in our gospel reading, Jesus weeps because his people are not ashamed of what they think and say and do. And he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were unwilling. Eventually, sinful pride and the love of sin turns into slavery to sin. It binds the heart and the soul and the body to things that are unholy. And only Jesus can break the bonds of our sin. Only Jesus can conquer the sinful pride that lives in our hearts. Only Jesus can conquer and break the chains of the love of sin that dwells in you and me. And that's what Jesus has come to do. He has come to set you and me free. Free from our slavery to sin. Free from our pride. Free from our love of sin. Jesus says if the Son sets you free... You will be free indeed, and that's what Jesus has come to do for you and me, his people. Here in his house this morning, he tells you, I have come to set you free from your sin. And how? He does it by working repentance in you and me. You see, his word is living. His word is active. It is alive. And his word convicts you and me of the sin that dwells within us. It leads you and me to be afraid, to be afraid of the wrath of God, the punishment of God on account of sin. Oh, do not take sin lightly. Look at the cross. There you see how sin is punished as God offers his son as the sacrifice for you and me. And Jesus leads you and me to cry out, Oh, God, be merciful. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he is. He is merciful to you and me. Jesus teaches you and me how to confess our sins. He gives us the right words, the very words to speak, so that we can confess our sin to him. 
He saves you and me from the unwilling heart that dwells within us. He saves us from sinful pride. He saves us from the love of sin. He saves us, he saves us from the bondage and slavery of our sin. And Jesus gives to you and me, over and over and over again, a new heart. A new heart that blushes. A new heart that knows shame when it sins. A new heart that beats with repentance. A heart that turns away from sin and returns to the Lord and walks in the way of the Lord as he leads and guides us in holiness and righteousness all our days. He gives to you and me a heart that sings with King David. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. He gives you and me a new heart that rejoices when we hear the good news. You are forgiven. The church is a place of forgiveness. Forgiveness for you and me. And it is this forgiveness that draws you and me here to God's house. Is it not? We come here because we know that here we find a Savior who loves us with an everlasting love. Here we find a Savior who forgives all of our sins. He removes from us all of our shame, takes away from us all of our condemnation on account of our sin. Here in his house, we know that we can confess our sins and that he is faithful and he is just and he forgives our sins and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness and he gives us a pastor who says, upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, Announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's nowhere else, nowhere else in the world where you receive the good news. You are forgiven. It is only here, only in this place, for this place is a place of forgiveness. Be of good cheer. Your sin is forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting. Amen. We continue by speaking together the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, 
begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Jesus, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.